This is a Cherish podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Boudreau. I'll be taking you for an inside look behind the glamorous facade of the interior design industry. At a time when every aspect of the business, from sourcing to trends to marketing to dealing with clients, is undergoing rapid change. Welcome to the Cherish podcast. Today we're talking about a very big subject in the design world, the growing number of show houses and their importance and what they really can do for a designer. I'm really happy to have three distinguished guests, the designer Young Ha, the designer Neil Beckstedt, and Christina Juarez, a brand specialist and publicist who's been working in the design field for 35 years. Neil Beckstedt is amazingly sophisticated for someone who grew up in rural Ohio. He founded his firm in 2010, and he has evolved as signature look that's kind of warm, woodsy modernism, very relaxed and elegant. His very first project as a designer landed on the cover of New York Spaces, a magazine which sadly no longer exists, and that's something we're going to talk about later. Last year, he did the Kips Bay Decorator Showhouse for the second time, and he did a sitting room that combined Ampere pieces with classic modernist pieces like the Pierre Jean Ray chair, panel wood walls, and rich colors. He's known for his fashion clients, including Derek Lamb and Robert Mark. Young Ha is a Detroit native who attended the Cranbrook School before majoring in English at Smith and then getting a law degree at Fordham. It's rather an unusual trajectory for a designer. She founded her own firm in 2007, and she participated in the Kips Bay Decorator Showhouse in 2014 and again this past year, where her artist studio garnered a great deal of attention. Now I'd like to introduce Christina Juarez. After a career in fashion, which will come as no surprise to anyone who's ever seen her at a design event, where she did stints at Oscar de la Renta and Dior, she spent nearly the past 20 years helping designers in the business with brand strategy and communications. Bunny Williams was her first client, and today she represents both rising stars and well-known brands. The design world has undergone a lot of changes in the past decade, but one thing that has remained consistent is the popularity of show houses. And in fact, there seem to be more show houses than ever before. In New York alone, we have Kips Bay, which is really the granddaddy of them all and is now in its 47th edition. But we have the Hamptons Show House. We have Holiday House. There's a new Brooklyn designer show house. So we want to talk about why there are so many and what is the benefit and the cost to a designer. I mean, obviously, the vast majority of these show houses, and it seems every major city has their own local show houses, which is fantastic. I mean, San Francisco has a great one. The Atlanta Home for the Holidays show house is a great one. There, there are great ones around the country. So the question is, why are there so many? It benefits charities, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I know, as a member of the public myself, they can be incredibly informative and inspiring. And what you don't always expect is they often feature practical solutions and clever ideas that you can adapt at home. And I think that tends to get overlooked. But on the other hand, they can ask a lot of a designer in terms of money, time, inspiration, stress, their staff, calling in favors, loans. So we want to talk about all of that. So I wanted to ask of course, we'll talk to our two designers who have done the Kiss Bay Show House, each of them twice. But we also wanted to ask Christina about why she would recommend it to a designer, how designers get in, what does it do in terms of their career and their awareness. 
because all in this age of social media, show houses can be great, but there's not the print support that there used to be. In fact, many of the show houses were supported by magazines, traditional home, whatever, but the you know New York spaces, that kind of thing. But there are fewer press outlets, and the press, the shelter magazines have less budget to do that kind of thing. They don't do it as often as they used to. So I thought Christina would be a great one to give us an update on what is the status of a show house in terms of a designer's career. Yeah, I I think it really varies depending on the goals of that particular client. For example, if I have a client in D.C. or Richmond, Virginia, and they know they want to start doing more work in Manhattan, by all means, if they're interested in doing a show house, I might suggest that they partake in, you know, Kipps Bay or a holiday house. And in the same way, if I have a designer who's in New York and wants to work more in the southern regions, there's the Atlanta Homes for the Holiday or Homes and Lifestyle. And there's Kipps Bay, which expanded two years ago into Palm Beach. Yes, I do. So, you know, I think for a designer, yes, it's an investment. It's a calling card. And it's really getting yourself out there. So it's not just your peers who know about you. It's the end user who's going to be hiring a designer. But in terms of getting yourself out there, there's not as many outlets for that as there used to be. I mean— I remember in the years past, when I was young and impressionable, every year the New York Times would do a full-page or a two-page story on the Kipps Bay yeah. show house. Yeah. Now they might do a small thing online. As I was saying, there's not as many shelter magazines to run those pictures as there used to be. Right. And even local papers don't give as much attention to design as right. they used to. Exactly. Their staffs are strapped. They're smaller. They have less budget. So. Is it still effective or can it still be effective? Definitely. And it could change the trajectory of a designer's career. I remember going back about 10 years and working for Richard Michon, Amanda Nisbet, and Campion Platt. And Kipps Bay had a funny little townhouse on 64th Street for that year's show house. And the three of those designers had the... entire third floor. There were three rooms. They were the ones that happened to make the New York Times, and it really changed the trajectory of their careers. Amanda Nisbet was approached by licensed product lines, textiles, furniture, lighting. It really changed. As Young can speak to, it really can change and begin the upward trajectory of a career. But is Instagram now the New York Times, is it that how the the images get out and the name gets out? And I think think Sasha Bykoff really hit that point home. And Young, in this last year's Kipps Bay show house, they created rooms that were visually inspiring, innovative, and exciting. And they became the Instagram darling rooms of those respective show houses. You know, Young, I want to ask you about your you, – because you did the show house in 2014 and again last year. And in 2014, and I remember very distinctly – So do I. You had a very awkward space. It was something like a cross between a storage area, a hallway, and a bathroom. It was kind of a nothing space, and, which often happens with the younger designers who are lesser known. They get into Kipps Bay. They're all excited. And then they get this space that's tucked away or off a bedroom – you know, but this is how you grow. And you have to rise. So you have to be very clever. And you were. I mean, that room, 
Well, one of the things I remember, it was one of the first rooms, this was back in 2014, that really looked at chintz again. The fact that you had a chintz, and that was, I thought, very prescient that you did that. And that got some attention, but it was tucked away. This past year, your artist studio, which had skylights and everything, was fantastic, and you did a standout job and had a great wall covering that got it, sparked a lot of attention, lots of Instagram things. So my question to you is, did you think about it differently doing it the second time? I mean, it, it was clearly a bigger canvas, but how did you approach it? So um, I think if you're going to go ahead and do a show house, you're really investing a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort. For Kips Bay, you can expect 20,000 visitors to come by and about 100 media outlets. So you really want to create drama and a moment where everyone is going to be able to take an Instagram moment. So um, I think, you know, if you're going to do a show house, you really want to make an impression. And um, today you do think about Instagram for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, this brings up another question, which I want Neil to talk about too, is, and this is, applies not just to show houses, but it's, I think it's especially pertinent in terms of show houses. Does this kind of need to make Instagram-worthy rooms and rooms that look great and, and a little small snapshot the way you would get it on Instagram, does that tend to do a disservice to designers who work in a more understated or traditional manner or may, you know have more elegant but refined, not as obvious impact, not as colorful? Is that a disadvantage? And is this something that's sort of skewing the look of a show house? I I actually disagree. I think that um, quiet architecture, high contrast in these sort of small, quiet moments where you're using light to utilize a design effect, you know, a lot of white rooms, beige rooms, clean-cut rooms look really great on Instagram as well. So I don't think it's just for maximalism. I think it's also... Um, very architectural, thoughtful spaces that um, look really well there. And while we all think that um, Instagram is really important and certainly getting those impressions can really change the face of your career and um, how well your showroom does or show house does, I don't think that that's the reason why we're designing these spaces. We're designing these spaces to express ourselves artistically, to do something impactful, to do something that we can't really do in clients' homes. Like in 2014, when I did the chintz and patent leather room, that was really something I could do there, but not in someone's house. I mean, at the time, chins was not very popular. I know. know. So So it was um, liberating in a sense. Exactly. It's your chance to really express and spread out your design wings. And, you know, I think that the bolder, the more expressive you are, whether it's quiet or maximalist, I think it really behooves yourself to, or one, to really uh, take a risk, whatever your aesthetic is, to really go for it and what you're all about. So I'd love to know, you said it can change your career. How did it change your career, Young Being? And, and 
Have you done other show houses behind Kids Bay? Yeah, actually, I've done quite a few show houses. I did um, Ronald McDonald House twice. Mm -hmm. That's a show house where they select you and a holiday house. And so I think the way it changes your career is, you know, most of us um, tailor our design projects to our clients' tastes. And let's face it, most people are fairly conservative. Mm -hmm. I always say that people want what their neighbors have, but just slightly better. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very very true. Exactly. And um, again, a show house is a way to really express yourself entirely as a designer. So it can really make a name for you if you really go there. So in other words, this is your chance to go all out, even if what you're going all out about is a whisper. Yeah. I mean, if you have the most elegant whisper, the most beautiful moment, it can be so powerful. It doesn't matter if it was a small, pretty moment or an over-the-top jewel box or whatever it is that you're interested. But I think if it's if it expresses something that can really spark people's imaginations, um, really encourage this kind of next wave of design ideas, then um, I think it can be really impactful. I think the end user also learns a lot about the designer from a show house. Think about it. When you see a designer's work in a magazine, this is work that they've done for a client often in collaboration with the client and dictated by a client's whims, needs, and and budget. And And taste. So I think you can learn about a designer and learn what their capabilities are and really become inspired by their own work Mm. that they're creating for themselves rather than the work they created for other people that you see in the magazines. Yeah, I think it's really your chance to be an artist, like truly be the designer that you want to be. Right. When Sasha Baikoff did that, you know, stairway, and I keep bringing that up and referencing that because it was so widely Instagrammed. But if you really looked at that space, you could learn a couple of things about that designer without even knowing her. You could know that she gets her inspiration from history. It was all inspired by Sotsas, and there had just been that big Sotsas exhibition in Venice during the Biennale. You know that that designer can work with a brand to collaborate on something. She collaborated with the rug company on the on the carpet. She collaborated with Vutsa on the stairwell. So you could say this is a very proficient designer who can collaborate and create custom work. But not only that, I think what Sasha did so well was she was so gutsy. Oh, and yes, in a way yes. that no one had imagined previously. So again, when you stretch people's imaginations, when you create that aha moment, people are blown away. Yeah. And I think she opened the door mm-hmm. for a lot mm-hmm. of other designers Younger that designers. say, oh, my God. I can really go wild here. Well, after after (laughs) 74 years, one could accuse Kips Bay of becoming a little bit stayed, and she sort of blew that open. But I think you did as well, Young, with with your artist studio. Absolutely. And it was actually a different aspect of your 
work for yeah. me. It was something different that I was kind of, oh, look what Young did. You know, <laughs> so, I didn't work out. I'm glad Michael I mean, took So notice. many people said, I just want to live in this space. Right. And it's something you don't even know you want until you see it. And that's another opportunity designers have. Diana Freeland line, you got to give the people what they don't know they what want. What they don't yeah. know they want. Right. Yeah. It's true. It's yeah. like a fantasy. Right, right. Well, I think that for me, what makes show houses so fun to attend is is that element of fantasy to see um, creative ideas, to see something extraordinary. And I think one of the things that happens in Kips Bay is you're spending so much money. There's so much pressure. Um, the tendency is to give people what they want or ask for and to do a proper living room or a proper bedroom. And I think that when you do take some of these risks and um, maybe it's a little too whimsical or maybe someone doesn't want to actually execute a room like this, it still really kind of um, broadens everyone's horizons in the design industry, and um, it just makes the industry also more fun and these show houses more fun. Right. And innovative. Right, right. So, Neil, yes. you've done Kips Bay twice as well. I have. And your last room, which I loved, was not a large room, but it had real impact. And one of the <laughs> things I loved about it was that you had that beautiful Ampere sideboard. I think it was Ampere. Yeah, or, yeah. Christ, And, Christ. you know... It just as a young sort of gave a clue that Chins was coming back. I'm hoping <laughs> that you're giving a I'm clue that too. antiques yeah. are coming. I back. hope so. Yes. Got so it. tell me a yeah. little about your inspiration um, for the, for both of your rooms. For both of the rooms. Well, um, the last room, which was when 2017, mm-hmm. it feels like forever, but uh, two years ago. The inspiration was just something very international and eclectic, and I wanted to show what I could do. And I love showrooms where it really gives you that platform to really figure out a direction and say something right. without any limitation. Because you uh, had the very the, the very pale wood paneling, and then the the oak landing, co- yes, the pop the of o- color. So color. I wanted to show you know a warmth, texture, play of pattern, color. All in a tiny space, and right. all the things I love, which is everything from Danish antiques to European, like eighteenth-century pieces to African mass to everything. So it was like that right. eclectic mix was what I wanted to showcase. And I think that people underestimate small spaces. They, I mean, usually when people yeah. have a small, oh, paint it white and put in. Right. But I think, and many of the rooms in the, you know, depends on the real estate market when Kips Bay picks their houses. But often there's a lot of small rooms, and they're among the most memorable. I've, I I agree, and I even in small spaces anywhere, I think you have to go big on them to make them. Sm- Right. Amazing, or they feel a little too empty or not special enough, right. Right. even for your own home. Right. So I, I wanted to ask both of you, Young, how did doing the Kips Bay Show House affect your career, for better and or worse? So why don't we start with you, Neil, and then we'll get uh, better both times. I. I bless and say my career is with Kips Bay. Uh, I did the first one in 2012, two years after I started my office, and no one knew I started my office. And it was my my introduction, I like to say. That preview, I remember Margaret Russell walking through, the whole AD team coming through, and like, oh, you're Neil Beckstead. And that was my platform. The next year, I was she listed me as ones to watch. 
And that made my career happen. And it was incredible. And then the last one I did, Kips Bay, 2017, that put me on a different level. And then we were on El Decor uh, top A list. So I think it's a huge important factor. Not only is it fun to work on a creative level, on a business side of it, it really elevates you. It gets your name out there. It's it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say exactly the same thing. No one knew who I was until I did Kips Bay uh, 2014. And um, soon thereafter, I was named Vogue Rising Star. Um, and people started to ask me to do things. And the really big thing is you don't get to be in front of these editors normally. But at Kips Bay, you have them walking through your room. You get to talk to each of them um, about your work. And um, it's an amazing platform. So after this latest um, Kips Bay, same thing, named um, El Decor A-List and um, just a lot of attention that I probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Okay, so I'm assuming that you two are not the only designers who would like the same transformation of their (laughs) career. So let's talk a little bit about how this happened. Like, how did you get selected for Kip Spay? Is there an application process? Is it something that somebody susses you out? Do you have to submit ideas for it? What's the process like? um, Actually, this year, for the first time, Kip Spay actually emailed out a process. So what you need to do is... Uh, submit a hard copy portfolio. What I did was I um, had a graphic designer design a portfolio. I had it hardbound. I put Kips Bay, uh, Young Hub portfolio on the cover. Um, it should have a bio. It should have a headshot um, and submit it before December 31st um, to the Kips Bay offices. Yeah. yeah. So all out presentation. Yeah, you're selling yourself. It, yes. was, it was the same with you, Neil. Same, I mean, because you'd only yep. been in business two years. Yeah, so. I had to pitch yourself. And it was, yeah. I think it's the most important job that you should uh, tailor it to. And you should put all efforts into that, into that room. And, and to your point, you don't need the biggest room. And when your first room, it shouldn't be. And right. it won't be the biggest room. <laughs> right. Uh, so, but make, Charlotte make Moss, Penny Williams, they get the biggest <laughs> well, room. Right. Definitely. Right. But make an impact. Go right. all out. Right. Go all out. Right. Okay, so let's run through the process. Mm-hmm. Once you know you're in, then what happens? I mean, how? When are you sort of then like, they freak out? Right. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> I, they're you do right. You right. do right. Uh, you first uh, meet at the the townhouse and you do the walkthrough. So what's basically the timeline? So you meet at the townhouse. They finally. You know, because it depends on the real estate market. If there are a lot of places on the market that mm-hmm. aren't selling, as is the current situation, fine. But I know some years they had a scramble. So how is it two months ahead, three months ahead? You generally do you remember? Oh, no, you do no. not get three months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Six, seven weeks? Yeah, about, if wow. you're lucky, seven weeks. That's seven weeks. Um, seven weeks. When I was doing Kips Bay the first time, I was, um, so the other thing you should know is that um, they're going to select the top designers, and then they're going to see how much space they have left for the new up-and-comers. And so the first time I did it, I wasn't selected until like 
five right. weeks before oh. <laughs> the house opened. Like I had got into college off the waiting list, <laughs> yeah. right? I, I had it. to wait to get off the waiting list. And um, I remember Nazira walked me through and said, I have some good news and I have some bad news. Good news is you're in. The bad news is you get this freight hallway. <laughs> and it really was a hallway. It was and a freight hallway. It was, it was a, freight a freight hallway. It was. Yeah. But yet, Young had the yeah. sense to think patent leather and shins. Yeah. At the time, nobody was thinking oh. about yeah. either of those and made a, a truly memorable yeah. space. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but I was like, I'll take it because this is my chance. I think if they do offer you Kips Bay, take it, figure out how to make it work because – um, the second time, you get more wiggle room. You're not going to get— You get more real estate. <laughs> you get a little more real estate. <laughs> Square footage. There must be a chart somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, it pays off, and it, it does. I mean, with a small, tiny hall, room, or whatever it is, it makes you try go harder, and yeah. I think you right. need to use that. So once you know you're in— and be, like, do you have an idea in mind before you see the space, or do you wait until you see the space and then you oh, think what you could? I do? guess different thoughts. Yeah. I I did not. I I go in and you went in react. blind. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, I think because I design so um, site specific, I need to see what I'm designing first because you you have no idea what the house is. Right. It could be a modern apartment. It could be really old townhouse um this year we had this double wide crazy townhouse so you just never no. know um and so it's hard to design it in advance so what's the greatest challenge i mean is do they give you a guideline list of saying this is what you'll need to worry about and these mm. are the expense you know do they i don't remember that <laughs> no so no <laughs> no obviously no you would have remembered <laughs> so so you have to like in the space of five or six weeks Come up with a concept, get all your loans worked out, any custom upholstery that you're going to have done or millwork, all of this in a, in a, such a short time. Okay, how close do you come to killing yourself and how close does your staff come to killing you? Um, the staff was killing me from day one. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the process, but probably my staff was killing me as well. Yeah. yeah. It moves fast, very fast. Yeah. It's really exciting and fun, but it is stressful because of the timeline and logistics. But if you have a great team or if you're really nimble um, yourself, if you're doing it yourself, I think you could have a great time. It's, I mean, I think the first time I did it, the night before, for some reason, the president's dinner was after we had been well underway in construction. And I remember we had a leak in one of the bathrooms and the plumbing was just leaking. Uh, and I had to go to the president's dinner, which is a big black tie event. And <laughs> you have to step in front of the step and repeat. And I was almost crying. Yeah. <laughs> I, had the, I, run, I had no idea. I had the same situation in my room, my, my last room. I was on the top floor and there was a leak in the townhouse, which is normal, I guess, these older townhouses. Right. And there was a leak. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's part of part of the process. We're taking a quick break to give you the inside scoop on the Cherish Trade Program. If you're a design professional, consider joining the Cherish Trade Program today. You'll enjoy hotshot perks 
like $75 cash for every $5,000 you spend on the site, access to a trade-only customer service hotline, and snappy new project management tools to make your life even easier. And let's not forget the trade program's other key benefits, including net pricing up to 30% off and 48-hour hold capabilities. To get in on the fun today, visit cherish.com backslash trade. That's C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H dot com backslash trade. And now we're back. So let's talk about the costs. And not specifically dollar figures, although if you want to throw those in, but generally. But don't you have to call in a lot of favors? Oh, it's Don't you have favors. to get donations, yeah. paint companies, that kind yeah. of thing? So how much time does that take? How do you go about that? I mean, clearly, if you're doing a well-known show house like Kipps Bay or even the Hampton show house or whatever, it's probably easier to get Benjamin Moore or Pharaoh and Ball or whoever mm-hmm. to give you paint. But how, you know, labor, how does that all work out? Um, I mean, I think it, it changes as you build your career. So I think it's perfect for both of us to talk about the first time around was quite different than the second time around. Mm-hmm. So the first time, no one knew quite who you were. And so I couldn't just go to Bach and say, I need this coffee table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, no. So <laughs> the second time around, I did. You know, and they said yes. And but so you were still building our relationships with our vendors the second first year out when we were starting our business when we first did Kips Bay. So by the time the second time we did it, you know, seven years later or six years later, uh, you have those tight vendor relationships what we were using and buying from through for our clients that I went directly to all my go-to favorite vendors and said, Hey, I'm been honored to do Kips Bay. And they all said yes. My painter, my carpenter, my electrician, or it had to be actually their electrician, yeah. but like everyone said yes. Uh, so it was very Because in a way, if they, if, if they help you yeah. build your career, yeah. you're going to help them build it's, their career as well. It's not only a team in our office, in our st- little studio, but it's a team with our vendors. And we yeah. they all realize that. You know, that my go-to painter, they know that. Like, hey, you know, we give and take on projects. This project, we don't have that budget. We need to really scrape and find a way to do this. Other projects, you can. So it's always that push and pull. And when it comes to this, they understand the power of this too because we get work out of it and they understand then they get work out of it. So it, it was a team effort. Yeah. But it is an expenditure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, even if you get everything donated and now Kips Bay has become such a machine, there are sponsors lined up yeah. to help you and, you know, you get contacted by people who want to offer um, donations. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. Which is really nice. But even with all the donations, it's going to um, cost you a lot of money. For instance, you're required to use the house electrician, the house plumber, and they are not donating their services. Right. They're using <laughs> you, that. I remember you, can, <laughs> you can try. Right, right. But, um, <laughs> be nice I, to them. But. Right, right. So we had to gut renovate our bathroom, and we are also putting in this Lutron system And so we had to use the house electrician, the house plumber, and we sadly lost power three weeks before the show house was opening. (laughs) So we had to channel from our next door neighbor who 
was so kind and allowed us to channel through his room and get power from his room all the way back. And we had a really are large room. Are we talking room. extension cords? No, we are not, sadly. I mean, I thought about that. I was like, can't we use an extension cord? But um, that was not allowed. So just that channeling bill, just that alone was $17,000. Whoa. You know, I remember bill, very clear that electrician whoa. bill was like, I, whoa, what? Who are yeah. these people? Yeah. <laughs> wow. like, Is the- there a way you can preempt that surprise by somehow getting someone in and working these things out? You just don't know because there's no time for probing. There's no time to, you know, do a logistics walk. You've got five weeks to gut this room and make it look state of the art. I remember my neighbor, Robert Passal, had um, plaster moldings. It was the most exquisite room. Please check out pictures of his room. I remember that room. Uh, it was unbelievable. But he was putting in plaster moldings, which is like, I mean, crazy. Oh custom made to the space and then someone broke the molding so if you know plaster molding you have to go back and make it all over again i mean i was crying for him um so you you can't anticipate things like that you just don't know right i it does sound like incredibly high pressure but it also sounds like a real bonding thing with the other designers oh, running through the house and all of that so i'm sure it's made it Memorable as well as expensive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you end up making really good friends because it's like a mutual hazing experience. Totally, totally. (laughs) Exactly. You get really close to them. Right. Now, I know in terms of Kips Bay, it could be anywhere from the five figures to six figures. I know some designers spent six figures on their rooms. That well-known designers with big spaces. But like smaller show houses like Holiday House or Ronald McDonald – what do you think a designer should expect to invest in terms of that? Because, you know, not everybody starts out at Kips Bay. Even you guys right. didn't start out at Kips Bay, per se, although you got both got there pretty quickly, which is impressive. But to do other things, what do you think is a reasonable budget in terms of all the um, stuff that you can't get donated? I'm really not sure. I, I don't want to speak for all show houses, but um, I think just to be safe, if you're doing like a Kips Bay and a Kips Bay level show house, then... I think it'd be safe to say that you should have $50,000 ready to go because there's insurance, there's other expenditures, and you also want to have some wiggle room to spend on press, on printed materials, on signage. Yes, we're talk about that know, a bit. Stuff right. that you don't even think of. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right, until the end. And I have to say, I always find it annoying – or not annoying, but disappointing when you go in a room and there's not a list of the sponsors right. that you can check. Because, yeah. exactly. I, you know, maybe I'm crazy, but I like to know where you get things from or what gallery it's borrowed from or who did the tile in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, but I think it, I'm sure they like it, too, no, to have their names we all love there, it. But, I mean, right. I still have the saved Kips Bay directories of, like, what did Robert Stillman use for his wall treatment, people? <laughs> like, it's a good go-to. Yeah, yeah I'm go-to. sure. It's a good archive. Yeah. It's a good archive. Right. Yeah. Um, but when you did other show houses, was it half as expensive and half as stressful or double as stressful? And I mean, because Kips Bay is the highest yeah. level. And, mm-hmm. there, you know, I mean. I think Kips Bay is more stressful. I feel there's mm-hmm. more pressure yeah. to it. And there's a tighter time frame for some reason. Um, um, and would it, you say it's more expensive than others? 
or is it about this? Because someone was I, – I, I was talking to another designer, and I told her, like, yeah, you should have about 50K. And she's like, that's it. <laughs> I spent oh. more than that. In- I, <laughs> I, I, my reaction to Young's number is high. Like, I mean, we didn't spend much – I mean, last Gives Bay, the shipper even is like, yeah, they'll do it all for free. We had very little expense. Wow, you have a good shipper. Um, yeah. So – I think shipping was the biggest cost in the first one. The second one, the shipper really wanted our business. Like, I want to do this for you for free, so we work with them. And we still now do. And so it was very smart. Well, it was a good investment on his part. (laughs) Can we have his name? (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Everybody's investing. Well, I mean, the good thing is that the kind of stress and expense that you guys are going through, now many more designers can because there's so many show houses. And even Kips Bay with Palm Beach. And I I now learned today that they're thinking of doing one in Dallas. So they're... Spreading the stress and spreading yeah. the wealth, which I think is yeah. a, a great yeah. thing for local designers. Spreading the stress yeah. from coast to coast. Right. But there's so much regional talent in this country that yes. I think it's great oh, that I there's going to be an, um, yeah. an outlet for them. But but that brings us to another point, of which we touched on before with Christina, is how do you get the word out? What's your favorite way of doing that? Is or your your most important way? We were talking about Instagram. Is that something for you do? For the show house? For, or, for, or your, for your work? Instagram. You, you know, it's all Instagram. It's Instagram. Instagram but every show house does have a press day. Yes, yes. absolutely. So, well, the least they can do for yeah. all well, the that's, designers. Is have, you go that's know, another amazing aspect of yeah. the Kips Bay show house or other show houses it's as well. It's in. not only the heads of uh, press and magazines, but right. it's all the bloggers that the come The bloggers, all the, It's yes. like you the meet websites. everyone and right. they're all chatting about your room and that's amazing opportunity in itself. Yeah. But has, okay, here's another question that occurred to me. You know, you have a five-week deadline to get these amazing rooms done, seven weeks if, we're, if you're lucky. Do you ever have clients say to come to you and say, well, this is an amazing room, you did this in seven weeks. How come my renovation is taking two years? I mean, do you ever get that kind of response? <laughs> well, um, I actually haven't had a client ask that, but it's the reason why it happens is because, like, for instance, the Fromental wallpaper that we had in our um, artist loft, um, they shut their studio down to do this. Right. Um, so, right. And it, that paid off for them, I think, yes. in a big way. And it's yeah. a big risk for right. these um, studios. Um Fromental had to basically dedicate um, weeks of painting just my wallpaper um, to deliver it on time. I mean, typically something like that could take 20 weeks. And uh, so it's a big expense. It's a big uh, sort of uh, leap of faith for them. So um, they can't operate businesses this way (laughs) typically. Right. And, And what would you say was the biggest surprise of doing a show house, Kips Bay or any other show house that you've ever done, what was the biggest surprise, something that you learned or? The payoff keeps coming. Like I still have clients like this year and like they still remember my room. I remembered your room. I'm finally renovating. It's it. The payoff keeps going. That's the biggest surprise. Well, that's a success. Yeah. That's story. a good su- yeah. surprise. Yeah. I mean, even a few weeks ago, we got a new client. She's like, I still remember your room. I finally bought a house. And so it really pays off. Wow. It's fantastic. Amazing. That's great. And Young, what would you say your biggest surprise was? Um, from Kips Bay, um, definitely, I think, because we really did this, um, what I thought would be or potentially received as a wild and crazy room. It was incredibly colorful. It was really layered. And um, I thought people might be afraid of it. 
And I was really surprised by how many people really said that they felt it was very livable, very warm, um, that they could live in the space. And um, we also got quite a few calls. Um, asking, did you get an actual client from Yes, we did. We got Fantastic. clients. And uh, as Neil said, uh, we're still getting calls from all over about it. And um, that's been really – that really – made me happy because, you know, it was a risk, but people related to it. And that was really nice. Well, I guess it goes back to what we were saying about giving people what they don't know they want. But Mm -hmm. if you have an actual client there who doesn't know they want it, then how do you convince them? If you can do it under the auspices of Kips Bay or any other show house, then you're allowed to do it. I think a lot of it also is... It's an actual 3D space. We do so much for private clients, and we get take a photograph, and then people see your photography. When you show someone an actual home or actual 3D space, it's like a living, breathing environment, and it's so much more powerful. And, and I that think that's why people go yes, and pay the $40. Yes, or exactly. $30. I mean, it's for a charity. Yeah. We all want to support the charity yeah. in the Kips Bay yeah. Boys and Girls it's taking Club or whatever your... the holiday. Print through a two-dimensional but, portfolio and making it 3D yeah. and for people to see right, it. Right, Because, yes, you it can look so at every better. angle yeah. of the room. Yeah. I mean, I love them. True. I think they're really fantastic. But I know they're, they're a major commitment of time and resources on everybody's part. When you were doing yours early mm-hmm. on, um, both of you, did you feel like, oh, I don't have a big enough staff, my staff's not experienced enough to take this on, or you just went with it? Um, I definitely uh, hired an additional person to help because it really did the first time feel overwhelming. And uh, because of the deadline, because of the pressure, and because you don't know what to expect. Um, And again, the first time we were doing it, we were renovating bathroom spaces as well. So um, that was definitely daunting. This time... um, definitely not as stressful the second time, even though we tackled a larger space. You kind of get a sense for what could be crazy. And even when we lost power, it's just like, okay, what else? (laughs) Bring it on, bring it on. (laughs) I'm an old hand at this. (laughs) Uh, How about you, Neil? Did you, were you totally frightened the first time? Oh, totally frightened. I was still frightened the second time. It was much easier, of course. Um, But I didn't, I mean, I've, you were so honored. I mean, it was like, yes, I need to do this. And you you just do it. Mm-hmm. And you find a way. I mean, and, just... And, and when you agree to do it, I meant to ask this before and I forgot. But do they tell you what the, who the other designers are in the room or basically you're going in blind? They tell you nothing. Or they, they don't... don't... <laughs> they don't have to. They're Kip's Bay. I remember Jamie Drake calling me. I remember this moment so clearly. It was some night in, what, 2012, and Jamie Drake just telling me, you've been selected and... Get ready. That's all he said. And I remember him hearing it, his voice saying, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> that's so Jamie. That's all, that's all you were given. Sounds like the Hunger Games. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And exactly. I still remember that so well. I mean, yeah. and that's all you're given. Right. And you just have to be creative and figure it out yourself and do it. Yeah. Right. So I, I did want to talk about Another aspect, we were talking about Instagram as a way to get things out. It used to be that many of the shelter magazines would sponsor show houses. I mean, El Decor has done it, AD's done it, Traditional Home did it. But now this 
first of all, there's fewer shelter magazines than there used to be, like New York Spaces that you were on the cover on your first project. That doesn't exist anymore. And most media companies have a lot less of a marketing budget than they used to. But there are still uh, media-sponsored show houses. And there's also real estate. You know, they often work with real estate developers who want to showcase, especially in a slow market. It's doesn't mm-hmm. in a fat, hot market like there was 10 years ago. But now it's a softer market. So real estate... Is that worth it, like, to create sort of a really a model apartment or whatever or something to work with those kind of things? How do you feel about that? I am a big believer in it. I still do a lot of model apartments for developers. You do? Okay. Absolutely. It's the same reason why I mentioned earlier where when someone walks through the three-dimensional space, they love your work. It's different than seeing it on paper or in, in print or in your Instagram. Uh, I did a model apartment for a developer, DDG, in Soho a few years ago in the Choco building, the penthouse level. I'm still getting clients from that. I mean, it's it's it was a $16 million apartment. We decorated it, and it's the target audience who we need and want. And they're looking for $16 million apartments, and then they're not going to buy that one. Maybe they'll buy another, and they call you. And presumably, and, they'd have some money left over for free. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll You're call looking you. for that level. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Better. So yes. they'll so, call you to design right. that. That's, and that's, ha- that's happened several times for us. Right. So I jump on model apartments. I okay. love them. I, and developers, easier, hard to work with. They're easy. I mean, okay. I find. Good. I mean, it's they're not as attached, of course. It's not a personal home. They are hiring you because of your look and feel. And you also need to go into it. You can't usually do your full-on thing. Right. It needs to be scaled back It's not going to be layered as yes. much. Not, it needs not to personal. be more edited. To, because need, everybody who come, walks in has to be able to imagine right. themselves Which in helps that with the, their budget anyway. So right. it's a win. Right. You just have to know what you're getting into and, and to really scale it back a bit. And not every room has to be amazing. The living, dining, and like the guest bedrooms can be really edited and simple. Right. And right. maybe even not even furnished. I mean, right. you really have to have that conversation right. with them. Right. But I'm a big proponent. Right. Okay. And Young, have you ever done like a, a magazine Show house um, yes, or um, I did a holiday house with Domino Magazine. Um, they sponsored me to do the fit first kitchen at Holiday House. It was really fun. Um, again, logistically crazy because we had to haul a huge kitchen up these antique stairs. <laughs> and guess well, we what? Know. We had another power issue. <laughs> Maybe it's you, Young. <laughs> yeah, it's you. So, it takes so much energy. Know, it's really, you know what? Maybe it's better to just decorate and not try to do kitchens and baths. I, I think that's where all the problems were. But it was a lot of fun. It's great to do something with a magazine because they're, you're sort of you have built-in press. There's yeah. definitely oh. going to be a print story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that's a wonderful thing. We also did um, Ronald McDonald House that was sponsored both by Cravat and um, Cottages and Gardens magazine. So again, it's nice to have a sponsor, nice to know that um, your work is going to get published. Right. So I guess the takeaway from all of this is For all you designers out there listening, and I hope there's many of you, that if you get an opportunity to do a show house, go into Hawk if necessary, but do it. Wouldn't would you agree with that, Young? Oh yeah. 
for sure. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Both of us. Unanimous. And Christine? Well, I would say do it for the exposure, not the publicity. Just because you do a show house doesn't mean the New York Times or the local newspaper is going to feature a photograph of your room in their coverage. There's no guarantee. But you are doing it for the exposure, the opportunity, to Neil's point, of allowing clients, potential clients, to walk through your room and get a feel for what it would be like to walk in and live in a Neil Beckstead room or a Young Ha room. And you don't know. If somebody can read the paper and see it there, or it could be somebody who literally walks in and hasn't read the paper, Mm -hmm. has no idea that maybe— It's usually removed. I mean, it's it's usually someone that sees your room, they know a friend, like, oh, my God, you should— reach out to him or her right. and that's usually right. it's always removed right. so right. the chances of expecting someone actually went to your room and then hired you so it's not gonna happen i mean right you know wise tale of, oh you're gonna get a client right there it's never gonna happen like right. it's always removed but did just you that... go into your first room with that headset or no did you... i heard that stories yeah like, how's this gonna See? happen like, no, exactly no no right. you're doing it for the opportunity yeah and, Right. Curious yeah. space. Well, that's a healthy attitude. Yes, yes. I mean, things never happen directly, do you know? Very rarely. Or immediately. I, yeah, I know right. when I was an editor of El Decorp, designers would say, oh, I've never gotten a client from being published in a magazine. Other people said it happened all the time, so right. I don't know, you know? And it's like you said, you don't know yeah. who saw, right. like you were saying, right. Neil, that somebody came and saw your room and three years later they right. called you because they remembered it. Right. But at the time... They but is were... that the only reason as well? So it's all right. so diluted. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? It is. I mean, the client right. may just remember it after they hired you and saw your picture too. So like, you right. never really know. Never but know. at least right. you're, it comes up yeah. and it's in there. Yeah. You're in the game. Yeah, the game. and it yeah. used to be being published for a designer was the be-all, end-all. And with the shrinking... You know, yeah. magazine world, shrinking publishing world, it, you need these other outlets yeah. like show houses, right. like Instagram, right. totally. you know, to right. really get right. your name and right. the visuals out there. Right. And you get to know your colleagues, too, in a of kind course. of great way, which is, I think, very – and it's a very supportive industry because, you it know, is. I know designers who get offered projects, clients come to them, and they can't take on the project, and they will recommend somebody else. So – you know, yeah. when, when your peers see you at work and see what yeah. you can come up with in those yeah. five to seven weeks, right. kind of miraculous. Yeah. No, it's they, also great community building within our industry. I mean, our industry, yeah. we're so in your own world every day. Mm-hmm. So, like, to reach out to friends that you make and say, how do you do this? Or I need help with this. And it becomes a great bouncing board of ideas of and course. help. And it needn't be the Kipps Bay show house in no, New York it, City. No, it could no. be local. for designers in Connecticut or in little local cities all across right. the country. And, and local media is more important than ever now. Yeah. And if lo- your local design magazine is doing Absolutely. a show house, get your portfolio in. Especially them. if you want to work close to where you live. Right, right. Um, and if that's where you're looking for your clients. People read their local magazines religiously, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, you buy a house in, a, in an area, you start reading all those magazines. I know I've done that. Of and course. I have such respect for local media. It's, it's a really impressive yeah. thing. And um, so, yes, Kips Bay and you guys are so talented, and, you know, I would say you're lucky to have been able to do that, but it's because you're so talented that you were able to do that. But there's all sorts of, as I was saying before, all sorts of other showrooms that have amazingly talented designers, and they're all across the country, mm-hmm. and it's a great outlet now for people. So so I guess the summation of this podcast would be to say, 
Show houses, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to thank my guests, Yang, Christina, and Neil. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening to The Cherish Podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Boudreau. And look for new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.